What's going on and welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallers and hope everyone had a fantastic Easter weekend. It was a beautiful weekend here in the Crescent City. Whatever you may have done with friends, family, eat some crawfish. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Um, it's busy here at the Auction Sports Performance Center. Of course, the Pelicans were the main grab last week with the hiring of David Griffin. Now, we turn our attention to the New Orleans Saints in the NFL Draft, which begins on Thursday from Nashville and goes all the way through the weekend with uh, the first round starting on Thursday night. Of course, Saints are without a first-round pick as they traded it last year as part of the Marcus Davenport deal. But they do have a second-round pick at pick number 62 and then one fifth-round pick, two sixth-round picks, and two seventh-round picks to round out the NFL Draft. But, of course, you know there's a lot of wheeling and dealing in the NFL, and you don't know – if whether Mickey Lewis will try to move up, move back, acquire some additional picks, but who knows. But it's always an exciting few days around these parts. Of course, there's a draft boil on Saturday here at New Orleans Saints um, at the facility. You can get some tickets on NewOrleansSaints.com. It's a crabfish boil and uh, plenty of music, fun. And then, of course, some of the picks will be announced here live on ESPN and the NFL Network. To get you ready for the draft, we bring in Rod Walker, sports columnist for the New Orleans Advocate, who covers primarily the Saints and the Pelicans. We'll dive into the draft and figure out the needs for this team, what the Saints might do with that second-round pick, and kind of the overall view of this NFL draft, which, as we talk about here, number one pick could be the domino effect, and we it's probably safe to say that every year, but with the Cardinals potentially grabbing a quarterback there once again for the second straight year, who knows how that will make things play out for the rest of the first round and beyond. So we'll talk to Rod about that. And again, we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the draft, and you can do it all or take it in on NewOrleansSaints.com and the mobile app. Again, also, if you missed uh, Saints General Manager Mickey Loomis and his media availability today, you can log on to the website and the app to hear that as well. Enough for me. Let's get right into our draft coverage. Here's Rod Walker, sports columnist for The Advocate. It's yours right now. This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here's Daniel Salerson. Of course, joining us now is Rod Walker, of course, sports columnist for The Advocate covering the Saints and the Pelicans. We just heard from Saints General Manager Mickey Loomis on this Monday getting ready for the draft on Thursday. And brought a little interesting, a little bit of a different draft for the Saints, especially with no first-round picks and not a lot of picks in this draft. How would you kind of look at it from the Saints side as far as this draft. I think the good thing about not having a lot of picks is this is a team that doesn't need a lot of help. I mean, look at what this team did last year and they, you know, one bad call away from the uh, from making it to the Super Bowl and they pretty much returned this whole team intact. Uh, obviously, they have some issues up front on the defensive line with Sheldon Rankins, you know, out with the Achilles and probably missed some of the first part of the season. But other than that, I mean, this team's pretty much intact and I think that bodes well for this team going into this draft. And Mickey touched on the fact that, you know, he is known for moving up in a draft, but this seems like a very hard draft to do just because of those lack of picks. Do you see them even attempt? I know they'll attempt, but do you see them trying to move forward here? Um, my best guess is that they will not, just because I don't think that there's a need for it. And, you know, and something Mickey talked about, you know, they're at the number 62, which is like, you know, the end of the second round. It's just sort of hard to go from there to the first round. So I don't see them doing it and, you know, but, you know, it's the draft. You never know what's going to happen. From you uh, looking at some prospects and you trying to evaluate, as far as the, everyone talks about how deep a draft is without getting into a ton of players, do you feel like this is a pretty deep draft this year? I do. Um, I think especially you have some really good defensive linemen out there. Um, a position that kind of gets overlooked is tight end. There are even some really good tight ends in this draft. Quarterbacks is 
quarterback position is pretty deep. So I, I really think it is. And, you know, every every draft is like this, though. You know, it's sort of hit and miss. I don't think this draft is really big with running backs. Maybe it's, you know, sort of thin there. But across the board, I think it's a pretty good deep draft. And I think, and Mickey said, I mean, I think of that 62 pick, they make and get a guy that, that's able to help this team. What is the biggest need for the Saints? You talked about there's not too many needs heading into this NFL draft. But if you would have to pick maybe a position, what would be the biggest need for the Saints heading into Thursday? I still say defensive line just based on, you know, just, you know, lost Okafor, lost Tyler Davidson. So um, you're, you're sort of thin up front. And um, obviously we, we talked about Sheldon being out those first few games. So I think just just adding some depth there. I don't think you really need any guys to come in and step in right away because they've added some guys in free agency with Malcolm Brown and um, Mario Edwards. So I think they have the pieces up front, but I just think they may need to add some more depth. And you can always use depth on the offensive line. I mean, you just never know. Um, and that's kind of where it all um, starts. A lot of people feel like this is the draft for the defensive line in the offensive line. Would you feel that that's the same thing as far as the depth is concerned, that this could be the draft where if you are going to get some linemen, whether it's on the offensive side or defense, this is the draft to do so? Yeah, I think so. And that's why, I mean, even at that number 62 pick, I mean, I think the Saints can find them someone who maybe not – Maybe not someone who will come in and help this year, but someone down the road would, you know, that, that would be able to uh, really help his team out. How much do they uh, get all their needs in free agency? When you look at how the Saints did, how much do they address in free agency where they don't really have to do too much in the draft here? Oh, I think they – and you look at what they did at tight end specifically uh, with Jared Cook. I mean, I think he, um, you know, that plugs a, a big hole there. Um, you, you brought Will Lutz back. That plugs a hole. And, you know, Marcus Sherrill's um, from Minnesota. That's a guy – He's a cornerback, but he's really a punt return specialist, and that's a position that I don't. I think fans sort of took for granted because the offense is so good, you don't really worry about uh, field position. But you know, he's a guy that's, that can come in and really um, give that offense a boost with just what he can um, add to the return game. Do you feel like the wide receiver position is a need that they will address? Um, I don't know if it's really a need because I really think Traquan and especially Keith Kirkwood. I think those guys are going to um, make some leaps this season. I, you know, I mean, we obviously know what Michael Thomas can do, and I think with the you know, bringing in Jared Cook at tight end, I think you may not even need that receiver as much as um, you have in years past. But, um, I mean, I know Sean Payton likes receivers, and I know they've, you know, supposedly visited with some guys. So I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, tried to, you know, find a good steal somewhere late in the draft. I know the Saints won't have anything to do. They'll have a ton to do during the draft. But Thursday night, they might be less busy than the other nights. But let's talk about from a national standpoint and some of these other teams around the league. I mean, we can start with number one in Arizona. I feel like there could be drama starting with that first pick with Arizona and whether they go quarterback or not. Yeah, and it's funny. You know, they've been on the clock since the end of the season, and um, we still don't know what they're going to do. Um, we just drafted a quarterback last year, and you know, it'd be kind of you know rare, I guess, for a team to you know go back to back with quarterbacks like that. But you know, Kyler Murray is one of those special talents that you know teams may be afraid to let slide by so it'll be really interesting to see what they do and it's going to set the tone for the whole draft and that especially those first 10 picks I mean once he goes I was about to say I know the Saints don't pick till 62 but as far as that domino effect with the number one pick could that even trickle as far as into the second round as far as maybe that could impact what what Mickey and then decide to do or is it maybe it'll just affect the top 10 or 15 and then it'll kind of play its course yeah out? I think I would I would guess it. I mean, with that 62 pick, I mean, that's late in the second round. So I just – I don't think anything that happens early on is going to have too much effect on what the Saints do. Um, I mean, the, the picks they'll be more concerned about are those guys, those middle of the second round guys that are, you know, toward the end of the draft. How important will this uh, will undrafted free agents be this year for the Saints, especially with the lack of picks? Is that going to be something – I know Mickey Lewis is high on those guys and has had some good success on undrafted free agents. Is that – a route that they'll take again just because of those lack of picks? Oh, I think so, definitely. I mean, you look at last year and they had a guy like Keith Kirkwood who came in and, you know, he made an impact. And he's a guy who, you know, 
most people didn't even know who Keith right. Kirkwood was this time last year, and uh, here he is, um, a guy they're expecting to make an impact this season, and especially if he makes some strides from year one to year two. Let's talk about um, the NFL schedule release a little bit here. It's so hard with the draft and previewing it just from the Saints' perspective, second round and then not till the fifth round, so I kind of want to get your thoughts on the Saints' schedule. I know every year it's okay. You already know their opponent. We already know whether it's home or away, but there's always something about when the schedule gets released about where they stack up. How does this schedule stack up um, as far as the Saints and whether there's a part in the part of the schedule that you're like, wow, that's going to be tough, or a part that, wow, that could be nice for the Saints heading down the stretch? I think it was two parts that stood out for me. First of all is that first four-game stretch with the Texans, the Rams, Seahawks, and Cowboys. That's four playoff teams from a season ago. And Saints play six playoff teams. They play four of them in the first week of the season. And, again, we're talking about that first four weeks of the season. You're not going to have Sheldon Rankin. So, I mean, you're missing one of your you know, best players. Um, to start the season against a really tough schedule. So I think that's going to be really tough. I think also you have that stretch where they play five consecutive um, – yeah, yeah, four, four consecutive division, um, yeah. division games. Um, there's a stretch there where they do that. And it's like four four straight in 18 days. So, I mean, it's like back to back to back to back. So that will be a really tough stretch for this team. But I think I'd rather have those division games at the end of the schedule because at the end of the day, that's really what matters. You win the division, you're in the playoffs. I mean, you could they could start off 0-4 and, and lose those first four games and take care of business in the – in the division and you know they're in the playoffs so i think um, that stretch is going to be really big i know a lot of people talk about the prime time games and how many each team gets do you feel like the saints got a, a fair amount do you think they should have been on prime time more but it seems like they got a good amount as far as being shown across the country yeah they got four um i know the patriots who's sort of america's darling i guess exactly. or hated teams they got five so i think four is probably i mean i i was surprised that the saints rams game wasn't prime time i thought that was just a, a no-brainer but i Part of me thinks the NFL didn't want to have to uh, rehash the no call and you know just deal with that. But I really think the uh, I mean I think the four games is good and it was a good four games. You know you look at the Texans, the Colts, uh, Cowboys, and um, and whoever who was the fourth one I'm missing one. Yeah. Oh, and the Falcons yeah. Thanksgiving night. So um, let's go back to this NFL draft just for a second and kind of what each uh, year brings as far as going to a different city. This year it's in Nashville. Um, do you see New Orleans being a team that ever ever gets this the way this thing's going just because of how passionate this fan base is? Yeah, and I just think um, I think New Orleans is just one of those cities that when it comes time to start giving out bids and awarding things, New Orleans is one of those cities that typically gets something. I mean, you know, we always talk about this city and um, just the downtown area and how, you know, everybody everything's walking distance and people just enjoy this city. So I'd be shocked if New Orleans isn't on that list you know down the road or whenever that it's time to start you know naming where the next drafts will be held this has been a few years now where they've done the draft like this thursday night for the first round then the second and third and they go all the way to uh, make it a three-day process do you like this process do you feel like this is kind of what needs to be here from the future or, or can they tweak it a little bit as far as how these days are kind of scheduled i definitely like you know the opening night it's a really a big deal and it's prime time and you know um i think spreading it up over three days is is it's good it gives all the players um as far as media coverage, I mean, you get you get to kind of stretch it out, and I know the NFL they want to stretch this thing out and make it out. They probably stretch it out for a week and do a you know do one round a day if they could. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the way it is right now. Though. From a columnist standpoint, because you're here for these three days, what what are these days like for you? Especially knowing that this year it's a little different with Thursday. Obviously, you need to be here because you never know what can happen. But obviously, Saints will have a first round pick. But as far as these three days for you and your coverage with the Advocate and just you personally, what what are these days like for you? Because I, I feel like it's pretty interesting for those that have to cover this for three days. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, and this year, would 
yeah, like you said, it'll be different with this first day. We're sort of not expecting anything to happen and, you know, something could happen, but I'd be shocked if it did. But, you know, you get down to those, especially that last day when you, you know, you're getting rounds um, four through seven and, you know, you you don't some of these guys you don't know, so you're like really scrambling to try to find out about them. It might be some sleeper that mm-hmm. they found from Idaho State or somewhere. So that part is always fun. You get to kind of learn about some players that you that haven't been getting a lot of ink leading up to the draft. So I think that part is always interesting for us. What can we expect for your coverage for this weekend, as far as where fans can grab stuff uh, on the Advocate? Um, or you know, go to theadvocate.com and you can follow me on Twitter at rwalkeradvocate, and we'll have some. Some just stuff about the draft. Um, kind of, we'll have something flashing back to last year's draft, and some features on some local guys who, you know, from the area, and obviously some LSU guys that we'll be um, talking about as well. Who expect to hear their names called this week? And there's still a few days left before the draft. Rod has some good stuff out um, leading up to the draft. The defensive line he focused in on a couple days ago, so make sure you go check that out as well. Rod, I appreciate it. Uh, Try to hang in there. I know it's a, it's a long few days, but enjoy it because usually right. it's pretty fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good stuff there from Rod. As mentioned, there's plenty of ways to get his work, whether it's the website for The Advocate or on Twitter. Um, of course, Rod will have everything for you this weekend, and so will NewOrleansSaints.com and the mobile app with a live draft show with Sean Kelly and John the Shazer, and then a wrap-up show next Monday after the draft is completed. But plenty of coverage. No show on Friday since the draft will be going on, but Sean Kelly – We'll have Russ Tucker on Wednesday. He uh, has a podcast of his own, the Ross Tucker Podcast. He's on SiriusXM, Westwood One, you name it. And we'll try to go down the laundry list of where you can find Ross Tucker as far as his work is concerned. But a very good guest on Wednesday. Give you really a national perspective on the Saints and the NFL Draft. That is yours on Wednesday. And then one more week of Black and Blue Report for you, which will recap the draft next week and kind of get you ready for the rest of the offseason leading the Saints training camp and the Pelicans as far as the NBA draft and their combine and also summer league as well. That'll do it for me on this Monday. Hope everyone has a great week. And until Wednesday, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report.